0: Let's turn to Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 verse 1 onwards You know the key that we need to understand to living victoriously as a Christian Okay The key we need to understand to living victoriously as a Christian is a change of mind It's this mind that's the problematic fellow. It's our minds that need renewal. It's our minds that need a change of focus. If my mind is not set straight and I'm trying to be a Christian, I will be a very worldly Christian. I'm not going to be a Christian as the word of God tells me to. If my mind is not set straight, I'm just going to be a very worldly Christian. But if I want to be a Christian, like the word of God tells me, a Christian, which is a Christian living in victory and in power, a Christian who walks to somebody who is sick and says, be healed, and the person is healed. A Christian who walks to a funeral, enters enters a funeral home with a body in the coffin and says, rise up. And the person is raised up If I need one of the important keys To being such a Christian Living in victory Okay Exposing the works of darkness Living in victory I need a new mind Unless I have this new mind It's going to be problematic So let's see what the word of God really says About our mind Romans chapter 8 verses 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus can we say that can you say that with me? Can you, can you confess that with me at this very moment? Each one of us. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can we say that again? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can we say that again? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Think about that. There is therefore now no condemnation. What is the meaning of condemnation? Condemnation means finished, gone. Right? You are condemned. The charges are against you. You are found guilty in the court of law. Right? That's what the book of Daniel says. That there will be a day when the books will be opened in the court of law. And the charges will be read out. Right? So condemned means in the court of law you stand guilty. Okay? You stand guilty. Now if you stand guilty. If you have done something. And the court of law tells you that you are guilty. What is it? That is going to affect you in your life. How is your life going to be like? What is going to happen when I live my life? What? What? what how is my life going to be like? What am I going to do when I live my life? Imagine. Imagine you have committed a crime. And the court of law has said. Kiran. Guilty. Evidence is found. You are guilty. Now how are you going to live your life? Hopeless. In the prison, yeah. In the prison, okay. What else? Maybe there will be regret. Lots of regret for what you've done. Okay. What else? Guilt, right? And guilt is like an acid that just eats you up from inside, correct? It just eats you up from inside. There is guilt. And when there is guilt, what happens? You say to yourself, Oh, I wish I had not done that. Correct? And then what happens? That I wish I had not done that turns to something else. I hate myself for doing that. That I hate myself for doing that turns to something else. I hate myself. Or maybe guilt might bring about uh, a sense of, as he said, depression, hopelessness, heaviness how did I do it why did I do it and maybe to wipe away that guilt I will try to do a lot of good things but what's driving that is that guilt of what I have done bad maybe I'm in prison and I've done bad and that guilt is going to drive me to be very good in prison because I'm guilty for what I've done what else does guilt do what else does guilt do When I am guilty, I start, um, I either become hard, I harden myself, I become insensitive to what I have done wrong, and I keep doing more and more crimes, or I live in regret, in bondage to what I have done all my life. But what does the word of God say? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You are released from guilt. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? You are released from guilt. That's it. It's over. It's over. You are forgiven. There is no condemnation. Because you are in Christ Jesus. You are a Christian. So are you in Christ Jesus or not? Yes you are. You are in Christ Jesus. To those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation. Can you say that together again? There is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. Now let's apply to myself. To, to each one of us. Okay? There is therefore no condemnation. Me, because I am in Christ Jesus, isn't that amazing? There is now no condemnation. We've heard this preached so many times, we've heard people saying this so many times, we had people preaching this so many times that there is no condemnation, no condemnation. You are not condemned, you are not condemned. That is the reason a Christian has got some security that he's not going to go to hell, correct. There is some sort of guarantee that a Christian is going to go to heaven. Correct? There is no condemnation. But all of us conveniently forget the second half of that sentence. That sentence does not end with those who are in Christ Jesus. After that, there is a comma there. And then there is a second half to that sentence. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. Then there is no condemnation. Because then you are truly born again. The problem is we have got too many Christians who are saying there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus but are walking according to the flesh. You are in Christ Jesus if and only if you have stopped walking according to the flesh and have started walking according to the spirit of God. Okay, so which means technically you are a Christian when you start walking according to the Spirit of God. This basically proves that nobody can be born Christian, (laughs) right? You can't be born a Christian because you have to start walking according to the Spirit of God. So there are so many people born in Christian families, in believer families. Let's not even talk about Catholics today. In believer families, in Christian families. What happens? The children somehow are walking according to the flesh. Because there's you more, we are Christian. We are Christian. But in reality, what's the truth? The truth is there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is nothing you need to worry about. There is no fear. There is nothing. As long as you are not walking according to the flesh. But are walking according to the spirit of God. Amen. Then there is no condemnation. Then there is no fear. Then there is no hopelessness. Then there is no guilt anybody can can, can can entice you with can can trap you in why because you've got to be walking in the spirit of you've got to be walking according to the spirit of god that's the problem with christians you see we have somewhere down the line there are areas in our life where we tend to walk according to the flesh rather than according to the spirit we have to be walking according to the spirit and that's the whole problem because we tell people oh Jesus died for you do you know him? idolatry is wrong statues are wrong this is wrong that is wrong <coughs> only the word of god is right you have to follow the word of god but what they are seeing is you are walking according to your flesh and they're saying you just want to be angry you just want to hate people you just want to do this you just want to be you just want to be rebellious that's why you want to be a believer that's why you want to be a christian but in reality We are walking according to our flesh The word of God says In the gospel of John He says Those who believe in me They will do greater things than these Correct What is the greatest thing Jesus has done? Raising Lazarus from the dead Right In the public ministry of Jesus The biggest miracle that he worked Was when he raised Lazarus from the dead but what does Jesus say? That after I go, those who come after me will do greater things than these. There are so many Christians in Goa, brothers and sisters. Why are the hospitals not getting emptied out? Why? Why is it that there are still people in bondage, in torment? why are we as Christians not speaking in authority against the powers of darkness and telling them to go why is it that's not happening because somewhere down the line we have been walking according to the flesh rather than according to the spirit and that's what you see Jesus never walked in his life on earth he never walked according to the flesh he walked according to the spirit what's the proof that we have When he was in the desert, fasting, waiting for God's, waiting for the Father's direction, what was he feeling? Hungry. What was his body feeling? Hungry. Tired. Exhausted. What did Satan offer him? Food. Power. Authority. The easy way. Did he follow it? No. He fought it. How did he fight it? With the word of God. The first way in which we can start living according to the spirit and not according to the flesh is with the help of the word of God. Then Jesus was hungry, if you remember. And he came to this well where the Samaritan woman was sitting. What happened there? He asked the Samaritan woman for a drink of water. Now Jesus was hungry and the apostles, the disciples had probably gone to bring food for him. And he starts talking to this Samaritan woman. He evangelizes to the Samaritan woman. And that Samaritan woman is totally changed. And she goes to tell her whole village that I think I have found the Messiah. I think I have found the Messiah. Now my question to you. The apostles come and say Maybe somebody has given him food for him or what He doesn't seem to be hungry now What does Jesus say As a response Can anybody tell me What does Jesus say as the response I'll tell you what he says He says My food My food Is to do The will Of the father If we start making, doing the will of the Father our food, we will stop satisfying the desires of our flesh, the scrupulousness of our flesh, the legalism of our flesh, the small, small things that our flesh tries to tell us to look at, the hunger of our flesh, the lust of our flesh, and we will start walking in the Spirit of God. It's a shame that there are too many Christians who are not walking according to the spirit of God but are walking according to the flesh. And for them, it's not their food to do the will of God. It's so sad that they are not doing the will of God. Is doing the will of God our food? Is it that doing the will of God fills us? It satisfies us? If we are exhausted when we do the will of God Does it remove our exhaustion? That's what food does, right? What does food do? Food Removes hunger What else does food do? Hunger, thirst, whatever it is What else does food do? Nourishes us What else does food do? Strengthens us what else does food do? Yeah, so narcissist tendencies. What else does food do? Comes under that. What else? What do you say? say. say, say. Makes us happy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, food does make people happy. Okay. Then what else does food do? What you said makes you fat? (laughs) Okay. What else does food do? I remember somebody was telling me that they, they went to somebody who... They gave food for somebody who was poor. I think you were... They gave food to somebody who was poor and that poor poor person was almost like, you know, very sick, almost dead like. And he saw the food, he was very happy, very full of joy. And as he was eating the food, he became literally alive again. So food basically renews our physical life. Yes or no? Yes, it renews our physical life. And Jesus says this. Jesus says it is my food my food to do the will of the Father now think about that Jesus says it is my food to do the will of the Father which means when Jesus did the will of the Father his hunger and thirst was satisfied now I don't know whether you understand it he's not talking about a spiritual hunger and a spiritual thirst what he's really saying is that when I do the will of my father it's not only any spiritual hunger and thirst but my body's hunger and thirst was satisfied all the desires and lust my body has is completely satisfied when I do the will of my father is it so for us? what he meant was when he does the will of the father he was nourished is it so for us? what he meant was when he does the will of the father he was strengthened. is it so for us? how do we get tired easily and if we get tired easily then are we checking whether we are doing the will of the father what he meant was he was happy like a hungry boy who is coming back from school he sees a big plate of chicken tandoori and he's like wow I am going to couple it up he looked and the Lord said the father said this is what I want to do and Jesus said wow I am going to couple it up I am going to do it is it like that for us is it so for us or do we just okay? that's what the Lord wants me to do I'm going to do it that's the will of God it's the food that renews physical life and what Jesus said and he did the will of the Father do you I think Jesus was such a perfect example such a perfect example Because he was a perfect man. He could perfectly obey the will of the father. And so you know what? Jesus never fell sick. (laughs) Jesus never fell sick. Remember he said you will do greater things than these. Why did Jesus never fall sick? He did the will of his father. I have checked. I don't know about anybody else. But I have checked in my life. The times that I have fallen sick in the past. There's always been at least a trace of me not doing the will of God somewhere in my life. Because doing the will of God becomes our food. Is it your food? If you need to walk according to the Spirit of God, doing the will of God must be your food. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What is the meaning of being in Christ Jesus? Walking not according to the flesh but according to the spirit of God. People take that one half of a phrase and say there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But in reality it is there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not according to the flesh but walk according to the spirit of God. The problem is there are condemned Christians now. Because they are not walking according to the spirit of God. You can't expect to be Christian because you made a prayer one time and you said a sinner's prayer one time and you said, oh, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am saved. That's it. No. Are you walking according to the Spirit of God or are you walking according to your flesh? That is what we need to check. The word of God is one. The will of God is the other. Let's move on. For the law of the Spirit of life... You know Paul I always look at Paul as this really witty guy. He would use words and try to mix and match words around to and he would put them so so intelligently that sometimes people would find it complex to understand. And in fact Peter says in his letter, he says the letters of Paul may be sometimes complex to understand, but there are there are there is wisdom in that. It's not complex to understand if you are following the spirit of God he says listen look at what he says here he says for the law of the spirit of life in the spirit of in what's the spirit of life Jesus the Spirit of the Lord right the Spirit of God the law but there is no law in the spirit you see in the spirit is liberty okay so he's basically talking about the law of liberty for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Has made me free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is condemnation. The law of sin and death is guilt. The law of sin and death makes me check a law and do according to a written law. But the law of the spirit of God makes me check with the spirit and do. Do you understand? What's the meaning of law? Law means a principle. Right? A principle. Like for example... Because of the law, a principle, now nobody has written this, right? But it's a principle of life. Because of the fact that I throw this spin, it will fall down. Why will it fall down? Because there is a law of gravity. Who's written that law? Not Albert Einstein. This law is a principle that is a truth, right? And so he says, the law, the principle of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now the law of sin and death What is really referring to is the law of Moses But also the legalism with which We look at every minute thing And check if I am breaking this law or not Breaking this law or not Checking, checking, checking I start becoming very religious Very ritualistic Very ceremonious Okay Rather than following the spirit of life Right Now I remember when I was When I was legalistic I remember when I was under the law of sin and death Right I would wear that uh, Thing, color costume that they wear for every feast and procession. Somewhere white, somewhere red, somewhere green, somewhere orange. I think lately they've come with fluorescent also, and neon colors. And they wear those things and and carry those banners, and you feel so nice. You feel like you're doing the will of God. You feel like you you you're following God. But in reality, you're they're just acting like a bunch of people who've not participated in the fancy dress back in school, right? And so, and, and so there are these people called priests who stand at the pulpit and, and they say, okay, this time of the year, there is year A, year B, year C, and in each year there are certain seasons and, and the season changes, the color of their vestment changes. I mean, come on, you seriously have to be, you have to be nutty in your head to be doing something loony like that. Okay wasting time trying to have your A, B and C and trying to have seasons like uh, uh, for Lent it is going to be purple vestments that they will wear for the good times it is the green vestments that they will wear for the really sad solemn times when you remember the death of Jesus you will wear red and then there are other times when happy you will just wear white I mean really and there are people who look at them wearing white, green, purple and red I don't know whether they have added any other colors now and they look at them every Sunday or every day. They are dying. They are in sickness. They are in bondage. They are in torment. They are in torment. They are in, they are in darkness. And all that these people who form the so called liturgical committee can think of is which year is it? Year A, B, or C? And which season is it? Is it green, purple? And everything, even the tablecloths are adjusted to that. You seriously have to have no job and no work in life to really think of something like that. See what he says. He says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The spirit of life. The spirit always gives life. Do you understand? The spirit always gives life. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death the law of sin and death makes me a legalist the law of sin and death makes me a legalist I condemn myself, I condemn everybody else the law of sin and death makes me a legalist I start looking at small little details of law and rules and I start following rules and I literally start trusting the rules rather than God the rules become my God Rather than God Himself. Do you understand? But if we just follow the Spirit of God, we automatically are following the rules. It is just obvious the Spirit is never going to tell you to do something against the law of God. Never. But you are not stressing yourself out by trying to save yourself. By trying to check, oh, am I doing this? Oh, okay, okay, okay. There's fear, there's darkness. There is legalism. But when I follow the spirit of God. There is freedom. There is a relationship. With the father. Amen. Move on. For what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Let's look at that again. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. But what He's really trying to say is this. According to the law, all men had to be condemned. All men had to be judged and destroyed. But what God did was fantastic. It was a brainwave of an idea. He said, I'm going to come down as flesh. And I'm going to condemn sin. I'm not going to be partial. But I'm going to bring that condemnation upon myself. Upon my own flesh. That all who believe in me will be saved. And all who don't believe in me will anyways be condemned. Do you understand? That's what he's trying to say here. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Do you walk according to the flesh or do you walk according to the Spirit? That's the question that you need to ask yourself. Look at verse 5 For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now remember, in the Acts of the Apostle, Luke mentions what Paul's life was like. In fact, Luke says, God worked out unusual miracles at the hands of Paul Okay He says God worked out extraordinary miracles at the hands of Paul Do we see extraordinary miracles happening in the churches of the believers across the state Do we see extraordinary miracles No We don't Maybe a few here and there But we don't see it on a daily basis but see what Paul's life was like. He worked out extraordinary miracles at the hands of Paul. Not only that, you look at Peter's life. Now Peter's life was like crazy. He went to a person who was dead. He says, get up and she got up. He went to somebody who was lame and he says, get up and he got up. And then he was just going probably to buy some water or bread and his shadow would heal everybody who was there around. Now that is crazy. You don't see that today. My question to any Catholic who says that that wafer is the real flesh of God. That that wafer is the real flesh of Christ. My question.
1: Why doesn't every sick person who touches that monstrance be healed?
0: Why doesn't every sick person who receives that communion be healed completely? Why? Why is it not that when that priest is catching that wafer, that communion, the so-called flesh of Christ himself, walking through the people, why doesn't his shadow itself heal people around? And worse still, why do people who are married in the church receive that cup of wine, which they say is the real blood, and that wafer which they say is a real flesh they receive that at their marriage day and months later their marriage is annulled why is it if that is really the flesh of Christ why is it why are there so many people who come and tell and confess That when they have gone for confession to us, to such and such person, to such and such priest, something more than confession has taken place. If that wafer was really the flesh of Christ. You see, we walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. We walk according to the Spirit, we will see through the darkness, we will see through the deception. What is my point? My point is Paul and Peter and all the apostles, the early church members, the early Christians worked out unusual miracles. People were set free from the bondage of Satan. And why was that? Because of this teaching. This is the one teaching that Paul makes sure that he mentions almost in every letter. And he made sure he practiced in his own life and every early Christian would practice it. What is it? Listen to this. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. When you live according to the spirit, you start living, talking, moving around as a representative of Jesus. And when you start talking, living and moving around as a representative of Jesus... Darkness cannot remain before you and so you will go to a sick person and the sick person will be healed when you lay your hands over that person when you pray do you understand but the only criteria is this that's where we find it difficult that's where that's the difference you see are we walking according to the flesh or are we walking according to the spirit of God that's what we need to check And he gives us a clue. How do we understand whether we are walking according to the flesh or according to the spirit of God? He says, we set our what? Mind on the things of the flesh. Or you set your mind on the things of the spirit. What are the things of the spirit? What are the things of the spirit? And what are the things of the flesh? When we say things of the flesh... It means things pertaining to this physical flesh Right Now what are the things pertaining to this physical flesh Can you think about Examples of things of the flesh What can they be Sorry Food, clothes Yes That's top on the list Food, clothes What else Medicine, okay Home, oh yeah Talk about it <laughs> Marriage Education, yes That beats everything, it's okay if you don't have food, clothes, medicine and home and marriage Education must be there <laughs> Education is everything they say Okay, money, money, money That, that should beat it all Money, yes What else? Okay, luxury. Like what? Huh? Like what? We've got to be specific. Too many times we made these terms, you know, and we tried to put everything and we said okay. And and you know what happens when we're really following some luxury? Say, no, this is not a luxury. This is a need, you know. This is a convenience. This is not a convenience. It's a need, you know. So, so what is that? Conveniences of life. What are the luxuries of life that we need? Yeah, yeah, so, so, so what fine living?
1: <laughs>
0: okay, transport, I put it on the transport, good roads, okay Good reputation, a huh? good name. Nobody thought of that. Reputation. It's one thing When you follow the spirit of God I'm not sure about your reputation Amongst human beings (laughs) Okay Then What else What else does fine living mean When you say fine living We've got to know right When Paul says uh, For we do not live uh, For those who live according to the flesh That their minds and things of the flesh We've got to know what things of the flesh is all about Everything that satisfies my flesh So what else is that it?
1: <laughs> now you are talking okay?
0: Spa, saloon okay Yeah yeah talk it out loud, talk it out loud, get it all on the plate. Yeah yeah so oh, oh, oh. beauty okay, so let's put beauty together okay. Reputation, beauty. <laughs> <laughs> now, now <laughs> Order, order <laughs> What yes. else? Yes. Huh? Yes. What, what, what? Good family Chocolate. Chocolate. Ah, Chocolate. Good family, you can't choose that boss You're born in it But a marriage Get first <laughs> time <talk> about marriage <laughs> Oh, boss. <laughs> <laughs> what is the date of marriage? Ka pehle. Plans. Ah, plans of children. Plans okay. of children. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, convenience of life. Okay, let, let me just put it as convenience of life. <laughs> um, AC, fridge. Fridge also. He does not say necessities of the flesh He says things of the flesh Right He says things of the flesh What else Anything else you think I think that's pretty much covering everything Right Let's see what he says Now what does this mean Does this mean we are supposed to roam around like Bursi people with long hair And and really uh, uh, ugly people Are we supposed to have no plans for children Be like monks Uh, just go about, spoil our names and uh, uh, throw all the medicines out and make sure we wear the same tone clothes and don't eat at all and uh, don't bother about marriage, uh, fail in our studies. (laughs) And tear and throw all of our money out and uh, uh, have no AC. Yeah. Let the fridge, let the the food rot outside the fridge. It's and don't have a car, okay? And if the roads are good, then you purposely dig it and you make them spoil. No, no, that, that's not what he's saying. Listen to what he says very carefully. And I'm not trying to excuse any of this, okay? Listen to, very, listen to what he says very carefully. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Simple question What's, let's ask Kesey What's your favourite holiday place? I mean your dream place to go for a holiday? Oof, okay (laughs) Switzerland So, what about you Gloria? Besides Australia? America America, okay Dream place, okay Quick question What's the first thing you'll think about When you go there for a holiday? When Say you get a ticket to go to Switzerland to go to America What's the first thing we will start thinking about Once you reach there No, you got a hotel, everything It's all free, part of the package It's the first thing Even given a card with all the money you need Places to see Places to see And what else, what, just places to see You try some food, okay You try some food, fine places to see what else you try to meet family that's it shopping shopping yes I was wondering when that's going to come on the list shopping okay shopping fine about their lifestyle and all that stuff okay culture Switzerland has got nice farms. Maybe you'll see how they make cheese and all that stuff.
1: Chocolate. Nice chocolate. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Where there are good farms, there are good chocolates. There are good houses. I know. <laughs> 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 yeah, look out for Christian churches. Snow also. Look for Christian churches. Look for Christian churches. is a beautiful architecture. You see, you see our natural tendency? Do, do you understand our natural tendency? You see, the moment we think about a place and we give an opportunity to go to a place, what's our mindset on? The things of the flesh. No one person has said, I'm going to try and search for souls who are in darkness who have to be saved. Not one person. I'm not trying to accuse anybody, okay? What I'm trying to point out is how our mind Yeah she said Christian churches here yeah, Because she knows What I was going to say <laughs> Yeah but she said She said Give it to her Right We find it difficult When we go To any new place For a holiday for example To think Of things Of the yeah? And boss Once you have kids uh, That's I'll meet you I'll meet you Kirin, Once you have kids <coughs> We are obsessed With the things That's the right word Obsession Our obsession Is the things of the flesh now, now Now there are some people Who go to another extent Okay I don't want food I don't want anything I don't want anything I don't want anything I'm just going to be praying The whole day I'm just going to be praying Hallelujah I'm just going to be praying the whole day I don't want anything I don't want anything I don't want anything people like that usually go to a place they call it pota I think but there also now there is shopping shopping of a different kind but uh, but jokes apart what is it that drives you what's your mindset on you see What's your mindset on? Forget, Forget any holiday outside this country. Just, just in the place that you are. Say on a day that you are free completely. Okay? Nothing else to do. It's the first thing that you think about. Now what can I do today? What's your mindset on? Is your mindset on the things of the flesh? Or is your mindset on the things of the spirit? It's a question we have to ask. And the, the wedding season is starting, right? Any invites for weddings, anybody? Yeah. yeah. Many weddings, right? Okay, now Now tell me something. How many of us think about evangelizing and sharing the good news with anybody when we go for a wedding? I know the response is, "Come on now, ya, don't just take religion everywhere. But is our mindset on the things of the spirit, or is our mindset on the things of the flesh? By the way, another thing that should feature on this list is religiosity. It's a thing of the flesh, not of the spirit. Where I want to do certain things to do with religion according to my plans. So certain people will go for a certain prayer service every Friday. I can't do my day without that. I just listen to that. Right? religiosity puts us in a particular routine that we find security in. But once we follow the things of the spirit, we don't get the security of a routine. Like I might tell him to come to come from Vasco to Marga on a particular day. But that was my plan. But then the spirit of God just tells me to go somewhere else and I have to go. I have to go where the Lord is telling me to go. But if Kirin does not follow, Or Avanash does not follow the spirit of God, what is going to happen? They're just going to follow the routine plan. But it keeps them secure, you see. And that's what religiosity is. Maybe saying your one hour of personal prayer every day. I mean, think about it. So many people say, my day is not done without that one hour of personal prayer. Fine, no doubt about it. But what about the times, like for example, when Jesus was... Was in his ministry quite often he had no time to breathe yeah? He was just on the middle of the night till the middle of the next morning till, till the next night There was no time to breathe Thousands and multitudes and multitudes of people just being prayed over, healed, delivered He didn't have his time for personal prayer
1: Did the healing not take
0: place because of that? Did the healing not take place because of that? Did the deliverance not take place because of that? Do we have a working, talking relationship with the Father? That will happen only if our mind is on the things of the Spirit. We must make sure that our mind is on the things of the Spirit. Look at verse 6. For the carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you want to be an instrument of God that brings life, health and peace to people in bondage and darkness? You've got to be spiritually minded. You can't have your mind on the things of the flesh. Now, tell me something. If you've got your mind on the things of the spirit, do you think, besides religiosity and certain other things, do you think God does not want to give you a home, marriage, kids, beauty, do you think God doesn't want you to have a fridge or an AC, do you think God is not going to provide all the things that you need, do you think so not at all I mean think about it, do you not give your children our children, do you not give them food, you make sure they get food right, let's let me make sure that our children get food God is our father If we follow the things of the spirit Do you think He's not going to tell us to do whatever else is needed Of course he will He will lead you to do it But if our mind is set on it We are going to be obsessed with it We are going to keep thinking about what is to be done next on this list And if nothing else is there We will do religiosity You see That's how the flesh works That's how we work when our mind is set on the flesh rather than the spirit you've got to check where's your mind set on when your mind is set on the things of the flesh if you are around spiritual people you're going to start doing things of the spirit the moment you get around fleshly people man that tiger inside of you is aroused and it starts roaring, and you start doing the things of the flesh you've got to check is your mind renewed and is your mind set on the things of the spirit or on the things of the flesh we see so many Christians who do not have their mind set on the things of the spirit because of which somebody who is in the world who is in the flesh calls them up and speaks to them they start speaking like they are in the flesh also why? because their mind is not set on the things of the spirit So they're not boldly saying Jesus is Lord. They're not boldly speaking to them about the gospel. Oh, they start becoming a bit diplomatic. Where's your mind set on? Is it set on the spirit or is it set on the flesh? For to be carnally minded is death. If you you are going to have your mind set on this, it's going to lead to death. It's very simple. If you are going to have your mind set on this, what does it mean to set your mind on something? For example, if I say there's a runner, right? He, he runs a race. He's running, running. What's his mind set on? The finish line, right? His mind is set on the finish line hundred meters dash his mind is set on the finish line he's running hard why? because his mind is set on the finish line and those racers those runners who don't have their mind set on the finish line will not be able to compete in that race correct their mind is set on the finish line what's your mind set on is it set on the things of the spirit or is it set on the things of the flesh it's too often that we have people whose minds are set on the things of the flesh and are trying to live like as though they are in the spirit. Okay? Mindset on the things of the flesh and live like as though they are in the spirit. And then what happens? Disaster. And then you start wondering how? How did this happen to such and such person? Or you start wondering why is this not working? Why are there no miracles happening? Why is God not answering my prayers? Well, are you living under the flesh or under the spirit? Is your mind carnally minded? Or is your mind spiritually minded? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Whoa! That's a big statement. If when you go to a particular place, all your mind is concerned about is things of the flesh then you are an enemy of God. Do you understand? And then God said, God resists the proud. You know what that means? That possibly means that when I am fleshly minded, there is also pride in me. It just goes together. The moment I start becoming fleshly minded i'm an enemy of god and then we wonder am healing brother ka the pastor we can't do that healing man i don't know The anointed ni anointed anointed the problem is not that the problem is your fleshly minded if you are having your mind on the things of the spirit it will not happen that way Because if you have your mind on the things of the flesh You are an enemy of God You know the funny part is many people are dealing with addictions For example Many people are dealing with obsessions Like some people are obsessed with a particular type of food They are addicted to a particular type of food You'll okay? do anything for it. That's bondage. And you try to get rid of this bondage. You try to de-addict yourself from this. What happens? It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. What's the excuse that we give? We are weak men. We are human men. We've got to get up. We've got to do whatever we have to do. We've got to try. It. But the problem is, are we fleshly minded or are we spiritually minded? We've got to check. Is our mind on the things of the flesh or is our mind on the things of the spirit? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Look at verse 8. It's a sweeping statement. It's a shocking statement. It's a life-changing statement. Look at what that verse 8 says. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Talk about those people who are trying to seek God by being fleshly minded. It's not going to happen. You are trying to check whether God is telling you to do this or that. But you are fleshly minded. It's not going to happen. This here brothers and sisters is the key. The key to understanding. Healing. Healing. The key to understanding deliverance The key to understanding How you can live in victory The key is this Are you living in the flesh Is your mind set on things of the flesh Or is your mind set on things Of the spirit Verse 9 But you are not in the flesh but in the spirit I mean think about it What an apostle Paul must have been He built a church in this place called Rome. He made sure that he planted the church in this place called Rome. And he built them up to such an extent that as as a person who was a planter of that church, he had full guarantee that they were not people who were living in the flesh, but people who had their mindset on the things of the spirit. Full guarantee. And so he makes a statement. He says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you What is the way The only way you can have your mind renewed And have your mind on the things of the spirit Is this Look at this If any of you does not have the spirit of Christ He is not his (laughs) You can't be of God If you do not have the seal You know Like many people go to these discotheques, Right you go to correct, the fact that they can enter is only because they've got that stamp on their hand you get the stamp on their hand you can enter in correct that stamp remains right through the next day so quite often uh, <clears throat> they'll come with long sleeves I'm not saying you'll come with long sleeves because of that what <coughs> I'm saying is they, they cover it up some, some, they cover it up somehow because of because they don't want to show it but in reality the seal that stamp that is put that tattoo that is put is a seal of entry into that discotheque right that's what it is the Spirit of God is a seal of you entering into the household of God you want to be part of the household of God you want to be part of the kingdom of God you must have the Holy Spirit the seal of the spirit you have to be sealed by the Holy Spirit if the Spirit of Christ is not in you he is not his and look at this and if the spirit and if Christ is in you the body is dead because, because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness if Christ is in you the body is dead because of sin what does that mean if Christ is truly in you you will be dead to the things of the flesh You will be dead to the things of the flesh That's why Paul could say It's no longer I who lives But Christ who lives in me What does that mean It means Paul was dead How many of us can, can we all say that together Now instead of I You put your name Okay Fine Put your name So I'll say it like this It's no longer Amit who lives But Christ who lives in Amit Now can you say that for yourselves Come on Try saying it It's Are you sincere in when you made that statement? Do you understand? Can you make that statement? Are you sincere in making that statement? If you are dead, tell me something. What pornography can excite a dead man in a cemetery? What Fear can come upon the person who's dead in the cemetery. Can any fear come? Can a person who's dead in the cemetery fall sick? Can a person who's dead in the cemetery think about going shopping? Can, can a person who's dead in the cemetery get stressed out about marriage and clothes and medicine and transport and <laughs> good roads <laughs> and beauty? Can he be obsessed about conveniences of life and shopping? Can he? He's dead. And that's what Paul said. He says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now if Christ lives in me, Christ touched the blind man and he healed him. So if I am dead, then Christ lives in me and when I touch the blind man, he will be healed. Do you understand? When I touch the blind man, he will be healed. So that's what he says. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. A new kind of life. A new kind of righteousness. It's not your righteousness. You've not earned it. But it's the righteousness of God. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you the condition is you can't have your mind on the things of the flesh if your mind is set on the things of the flesh the spirit of god cannot dwell in you if the spirit of god cannot dwell in you you are not of christ if you are not of christ you can't be you can't have christ in you if you don't have christ in you your body is still alive and is still attracted by things of the flesh but you are pretending to be a christian But if you have made a decision to get your mind off from the things of the flesh and on to the things of the spirit and then the spirit dwells in you then you become of Christ and when Christ starts dwelling in you as Paul says to the Ephesians Christ dwells in your hearts then and it's no, you're no longer you who live but Christ who lives in you and this mortal body that's going to be corrupted receives new life Because the spirit of God is in you. A new nourishment. A new power. Because the spirit of God is in you. And that's why we end with verse 12. Therefore brethren we are debtors. Not to the flesh. To live according to the flesh. Take for example a person who's got a loan. When a person got a loan. Say a big loan. 50 lakhs loan and say that person is working okay so say for example that person is working <clears throat> and he gets a 20000 salary or 30000 salary fine 50 lakhs loan is there 30000 salary is coming It's getting now let me something what is that person going to try and do for every pie of salary that comes in what is he going to try and do huh no, 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 he's not going to save it. He's going to make sure that he pays the next EMI. Correct? The moment money comes in, the first thing in his mind is let's pay the EMI. The moment money comes in, the first thing in his mind is let's pay the EMI. The moment money comes in, the first thing comes in, let's pay the EMI. Because he's in debt to the bank. He's in debt to the bank. And because he's in debt to the bank, every single pie, he's going to start living in such a way that every income that comes in, he wants to be done with that loan as much as possible. And so, so Paul is saying here We are not debtors to the flesh we, do not, we, are not, we are debtors not to the flesh To live according to the flesh You have not received life because of these things So don't live like everything that you are getting Is to do with the flesh Don't live like everything you are getting Has to do with this But live like everything that you do Is to do with God You understand? Everything that you do has to do with God. So he says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. People keep telling, but you become a child of God only if you are led by the Spirit of God. You become a child of God only if you are led by the Spirit of God. And boy, if you are a son of God and a daughter of God, no darkness can ever remain. You become a child of the light. You become like a torch, like a lamp, like an LED bulb. Now tell me something, if the lights are off, there's darkness, right? When the lights are off, there's darkness, fine. What happens to the darkness when the lights come on? Does it remain? In that area when the light has come on Is there darkness? No. no, it is gone What did you have to do? Just put on the Did you have to do Oh darkness go, come on, go, go, go Keep going, keep going, come on Go, 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 go You had to do a lot of work to make sure the darkness went No, 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 all you had to do Was put on the light And so Paul in Ephesians he says We are the children of the light We are children of the light we are like tube lights in this world. We come on. We are on. Our light is on. And the moment we walk into a place, darkness has to go. That's what happened, right? Jesus would walk in a place and the people would start manifesting. They would start screaming, Why have you come here? Why have you come here? We want to go. We, want, we don't have anything to do with you. Why have you come here? Son of God, why have you come here? You see, you and I become a son of God also. Not the son of God, not God, but we become a child of God. The moment the spirit dwells in us and we are led by the spirit. When we are led by the spirit, we become children. Till that time, we are enemies of God. When we are led by the spirit, we become children. (coughs) Let's close our eyes. Father we thank and praise you Lord For what you have enlightened our minds with today Lord We thank and praise you Lord That you are our king, that you are our Lord And we repent Lord for the times that we have set our minds on things of the flesh Lord Today we make a decision Lord to set our mind on the things of the spirit Lord That we can live in victory like you wanted us to Lord we want to set our minds on the things of the of the spirit lord not of the flesh lord <clears throat> so we ask you lord <clears throat> to open the eyes of our heart and our minds lord